0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Diet Obsessed Podcast. I am your host, Veronica Santorelli, and this is a podcast for those of us who are just obsessed with all things diet culture, and we're trying to find some balance in this world full of extremes. All right, so let's get into today's episode. So today I'm going to be doing a review of the podcast, Diet Starts Tomorrow, but first a little health update, a little personal health update. So I'm taping this on a Monday, and I usually don't tape podcasts on Mondays. I'm usually doing it Wednesday, Thursday, so I'm pretty into my regimen, again, of healthy eating and working out. Uh, Today I'm fresh off the weekend. I'm usually a little (laughs) out of it because I'm always eating very indulgently over the weekend, so this weekend was no different. I had Chinese food. I had... Ice cream with chocolate jimmies on them. Some people call them sprinkles. I call them jimmies. I'm from the East Coast, and uh, it was good. I, I, you know, cured some cravings I had. I, I was craving this chocolate sprinkles uh, on this ice cream, so I finally itched that scratch, and um, and today I'm back on track. So today I've already did my run. Uh I did have some balance over the weekend. I did work out both days. I worked out Saturday and Sunday. I'm actually really sore from my Saturday workout because I did these leg lunges that I haven't done in a really long time. And not when I do leg lunges, I usually am lunging forward. This time I had a 15-pound kettlebell and I was <clears throat> I would do a lunge from a stationary position and then thrust off the floor to lunge backwards, and so I think that backwards movement really did a good job of targeting my my butt, my glutes. And so I have not had a sore butt like that forever. And I mean, I like that sore feeling. I know a lot of people do foam rolling and try to roll that out. But I actually, I mean, it feels like I'm getting results. It feels tighter. It feels firmer. So even though I was in, you know, a little bit of physical pain, it's, I like that kind of pain. So, so I'm going to start doing those movements a lot more to target that area because who doesn't want their butt? lifted and firm. So that's going to be a little uh, goal that I have each week is is focusing more on my legs and doing back to back to back workouts on them like I used to do. Um, I've just been kind of I don't know for some reason I got out of doing my legs and I your legs are your biggest muscle group and so when you have really firm toned legs and you put a lot into building the muscle you're going to have a much higher uh, fat burn when you're at rest because your body burns more fat when you have more muscle. And if you're working your lower extremities like that, it's 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 a good plan. So I'm going to start doing that more consistently um, to go do some grocery shopping after this. So I'm going to head to Trader Joe's. I'm craving that udon, that vegan Thai udon noodle salad that they have. So I'm hoping they have it in stock. And um, I don't know, I'm deciding whether I want to do my cucumber salad this week or get a bunch of those udon noodle salads. So, anyway, I'll figure it out. All right, so let's get into the Diet Starts Tomorrow review. Now, this is an older podcast that I'm reviewing. I actually kind of went back. There was, there was another one that was just released recently from Diet Starts Tomorrow and it wouldn't play. So, I was really frustrated. I wrote to them, I'm like, hey, this podcast isn't playing. So hopefully I'll be able to do that one that I really wanted to do in a future episode. But I was scrolling back to look at some of their older ones, and I found there was one that I didn't review from Jared Freed. Now, for those of you who maybe haven't listened to all my old podcasts, Jared is a hilarious comedian who is a guest host of Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast occasionally. And it's because he's a male, he's a man, that cares about weight loss. He's always trying to lose weight. He constantly thinks about food. He's constantly thinking about his caloric intake and and being good and not binging at night. So I share and relate to him on on many different levels regarding food and dieting. And he's definitely more in his head about it. And he beats himself up quite often, which, you know, I, I don't do. I When I indulge, I enjoy it, and then I get back on track the next day. But um, he's really, like, in his head. And I think it's partly because his parents sometimes make comments to him. So I, I think if families make a lot of comments to you, you're just a lot more sensitive than other people because you've kind of grown up in that trauma. But anyway, he's turned it into this great comedy career. I haven't actually been to one of his shows, but he apparently talks a lot about weight loss and looking good in a t-shirt and all these things. He also has many successful podcasts doing dating topics. So if you were to look him up, most of his podcasts are on like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, or on dating shows, which I used to like when I was single. Now, now that I'm in a relationship, I don't listen to them as much. So when he's on Diet Starts Tomorrow, I love tuning in because as we all know, I'm obsessed with talking about all things diet culture. So, So anyway, so this topic of Diet Starts Tomorrow was Jared, it was his restaurant pet peeves. And this is, you know, I love the restaurant experience. My family used to own restaurants. So, you know, I have very strong opinions about the restaurant experience. And I was thinking about some of my own pet peeves when it comes to a dining experience. And, you know, I'm someone that loves a quality dining experience. I don't need a bougie dining experience every time. But when I do have one, like for my birthday, I'm going to Primo Restaurant in Maine And then we're going up to Quebec. So we're going to have lots of incredible dining experience that are all coursed out and delicious and amazing, paired with wine. So very excited for that. But one of my biggest pet peeves, and I've noticed it when, especially with restaurants that have multiple locations, like a chain restaurant, you've got to have consistency. If you have a restaurant, and even if it's like a standalone restaurant, You and and you have a dish that you're going to consistently have on your menu, you need to make sure that whoever's cooking that dish knows how to do it right. And there's nothing I hate worse than falling in love with a dish, and then you go back and it's completely different. And, you know, sometimes it's different each time. So two examples of that. There's this Italian restaurant that's pretty close by, and the first time I went there, I just loved this. It was this sausage and broccoli rob and or orchietta or orquieta pasta, and it was in this light buttery tomato like brothy sauce. And it was it was a light 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 sauce, and um, very brothy. It wasn't like a thick sauce, and it was incredible. And I had it probably two or three times and but then it all of a sudden changed and i don't know whether they have a new chef or they just lost the recipe i don't know what happened but it was never the same after that and so i went back and ordered it i went back once tried it was was not good i went back again and it was the same it was like they completely changed the sauce now all of a sudden the sauce is like a thick tomatoey almost like a ragu sauce and i'm like no and it's never, it's never, they've never fixed it. So I don't go back to that restaurant now and I don't order there anymore. And I do I will not go back. I I used to go just for that dish, and they're delicious garlic knots, and now they've ruined it for me. So that's one example. Then there's this other place that I go to in Maine when I go home and visit, and it's it's delicious. I highly recommend that you do check out this restaurant. It's called State Street Lunch. And the chef is he's so so good. He actually used to work, this chef and owner used to work at Primo restaurant, which is where I'm going for my birthday. So he opened the State Street lunch and look, it is delicious. You go there, I mean, nine times out of ten, even like nine and nine point eight times out of ten. I'm gonna love the meals, the cocktails, everything's good. But they had this, this like Asian salad. I don't I don't know exactly what was in it. I don't know what was in the sauce, but when I had this Asian salad, it was so good. The flavor combinations of whatever they put in that dressing, it was perfect. You know when you have a complicated Asian sauce and I'm probably the worst. I I have started making some Asian sauces, so now I'm a little bit more familiar with with what's in it. Um, but I don't know it well enough to like really pick out what was, what was off. Um, but the, the first time or, or exactly what was in this, it definitely had sesame oil, definitely had ginger and, and garlic and, uh, probably rice v- wine vinegar and, um, fish sauce and who, who knows what else, but it was so freaking good. I was obsessed with it. So I went back my mouth's watering. I went back, and I went back like 3 times trying to get this salad. And each time, it was the sauce was not balanced. And so the or the dressing. And I distinctly remember, I think it was like the second time or the third time I went back for it, it tasted like fish sauce. I mean, it was the fish sauce was so heavy-handed in it and it completely ruined the salad. Now, I didn't complain. My sister's in the the dining and and you know the dining and touristy scene there and she's really good friends with the chef so I I didn't want to be that girl that's like complaining but you know I never ordered that dish again I mean they took it off the menu anyway but but that you know when you go back and you're paying a lot of money and you want this delicious thing you've had before and they are not making it right uh there's nothing more frustrating than that so that's my biggest pet peeve. And I, I don't hear people talk about that enough. And it's, it's important. So Jared, now one of Jared's old shows that I had reviewed on this one was about this Like this bread basket cracker that had been sent out. And his pet peeve was that they didn't, there just wasn't enough for the table. There was like four people in this, like this, granted it was a big cracker, but like when you broke it down and broke it apart, it was like not enough. Like he's like, everybody should have had their own cracker. And so... You know, his thing was like making sure that there's enough bread, making sure that if you have something that's that's supposed to be shareable, that there is enough to share. And because if you don't have enough to share, that creates some major food anxiety, And I've talked on this show, I've done previous shows about food anxiety. It's a real thing. Like if you order, you know, something and there just doesn't seem like there's going to be enough to feed the table, it creates panicking anxiety in some of us, especially if you're like me and like Jared. So, and and this was apparently like a really popular episode that they had had because they kind of start the episode him and Aileen, the host, about you know just kind of laughing about the the cracker debacle, and they just start talking about things that you share at a table and how much anxiety, like they brought up nachos and how, you know, the the lucky people get to scoop first and get all the good toppings. And then there's some people that stuck with like the outer edges and the bottom ones that have absolutely nothing on them. I'm actually someone that likes the edge with just a little tiny bit of the cheese. I don't like sour cream, but I do want a jalapeno on there and maybe a little like taco meat if there's some on there but I'm not like a sour cream or a bean type of girl. So, and I don't like nachos when they get soggy. So, I'm very particular about my nachos. But I did understand what they were saying because you know, Jared is like, "Well, sometimes if you grab a nacho, you end up grabbing half the plate with you and then and then it's yours and too bad for everybody else." And they talked about how Chili's the restaurant used to do like the shareable chip and it worked not sure why that shareable chipped work, but the shareable cracker didn't work. But, you know, these are obviously very, very important things to analyze in life. So, and I was, I was just at a restaurant personally at, over the weekend and, and I didn't know how the bill was going to be split up, but I knew I was starving when I got there and, and like nobody was ordering appetizers. So, I saw these chicken spring rolls and I'm like, well, I'll just order enough for the, the, the group. So I ordered three orders of these chicken egg rolls and, and some people ate them. Some people didn't. At the very end of the night, there were two, their spring rolls left and I'm sitting there looking at them and I'm like, and I already had my to-go box and I'm thinking I should put those in my to-go box because they're just sitting there. Nobody's going to eat them. And I was, my friend was talking to me and we were in mid conversation. So I was trying to like weigh out, should I interrupt her to like get those egg rolls or chicken spring rolls, or should I let her finish her conversation? And so as I'm debating this, I I must've just, I I decide to be polite, (laughs) decide to pay attention to what my friend's saying and listen to her full story. And by the time she finished her story, and I must've you know, looked away from the spring roll plate, suddenly they were gone and they were nowhere to be found again. And I missed out on this opportunity to take home the rest of the spring rolls. That is another one of my pet peeves. But and because I ordered enough to prevent this anxiety because I wanted there to be so many on the table that everybody felt they can take a spring roll because some people think, oh, I shouldn't take one or oh, that's for somebody else. I, I wanted there to be Plenty of spring rolls, like ordering these for everybody, eat them. And not everybody did. There was food waste. I I hate food waste more than anything. I'm still thinking about those spring rolls, mainly because they were wasted. Anyway, so that's another pet peeve I have. So, but they were talking about, you know, sharing things and, you know, And it's funny because Jared was like, you know, what about the person that, you know, you ask the waiter and they're like, you know, is this enough for four people? And they're like, well, it depends on how hungry you are. He's like, I'm not coming to the restaurant full. He's like, I'm coming here because I'm hungry. So I'm asking you for your expert advice. Is this enough for four people? Now, most waiters and waitresses, they usually want you to order more. So the tickets higher, so they get tipped more. So usually waiters will take it upon themselves, if it's a good waiter, to say, no, you'll definitely need two. And that takes the pressure off the person ordering to say, okay, let's get two. Like you do want that waiter that's confident in their suggestions and understands that there needs to be enough to go around, right? Take that stress off my plate. Tell me that there's not enough. So I could, we'll order an extra one. And then he talks about one of his pet peeves is he hates the people that, you know, the food arrives and they're like, oh, who's going to eat all this food? Why do we order so much? Oh, who's going to eat it? And Jared's like, I'm going to friggin' eat it. Like, why are you commenting that there's too much food when actually you really know inside you want to eat it? Or you could be judging us that are going to eat this and basically, in essence, calling us fat because we are going to eat this food. And so, you know, Jared obviously has thought about this and, and look, I never would have picked up on something like that. I don't think, like, I think my interpretation of someone that says, oh, how are we going to eat all this food is just, I don't know, maybe they don't have a big appetite. I don't know. I'm my I'm always the person that thinks I need 20 dishes because I'm going to starve to death and I end up getting them and I can only eat, you know, a couple bites of a few of them, but I'm I love leftovers. I'm a leftover person. I'll I'm happy to take home my to-go boxes. So, for me, I would never say that cuz I'm always like order more, we'll take it home to go. And but Jared thinks that this is like a judgment that They're self-conscious and that's why they're saying it. So instead of, you know, just enjoying it, they feel that they need to judge people. So, again, people that are self-conscious a lot of times put that on other people. That is a real thing. Um, And Aileen thinks it's also a fear. She's like, you know, they have to put this emotion on someone else because they are, are somehow have like a food issue, some, some small food issue. And then, so Jared's like, well, what about at the holidays? You know, when somebody, uh, you know, somebody comes over for Christmas, this is another thing I hate. He's like, he's like, they come over, we're indulging. It's the holidays. So of course there's going to be like delicious, indulgent food around. And they're like, ugh I got to work out tomorrow. We got to we gotta make sure we work this off tomorrow. You know, they start making like diet talk comments when you're in the middle of the occasion and should just be enjoying it. And it's kind of like shaming everybody around you. Like all of us are eating too much. We all should be ashamed and we need to go on and go to the treadmill. And And Jared gets like irrationally angry over this and he's like, start fucking walking. Get out. Go on get out of here, go start walking, go start your diet. It's like, I don't need to hear this right now. So it's, it's, again, Jared definitely grew up around, um, you know, people that made a lot of food comments, a lot of body comments. Like, if you know, if you listen to Jared a lot, you can tell like, his family was that family that gave him some of these, like, major triggered, you know, triggered emotions when somebody mentions anything about anything around food. It it becomes like this major trigger. And so, you know, he's like, yeah, go start your resolution now. He's like, I'm gonna start calling people out. He's like, that's my resolution. I'm gonna start calling the people's people out. It's it's word vomit. They just can't even help themselves from saying these things. And Aileen agrees. She's like, it's just they're projecting judgment. And it's really, you know, it's their own internal issues surrounding food. And then Jared, of course, Jared with his dating app experience, he's like, imagine if there was an app that had people that eat like you do. He's like, you know, if you think about if you think that this three spring roll appetizer is too much and you're going to make a a comment about how it's too much food, I don't want to date you. He's like, swipe. And uh yeah, I don't want to know you. You think this is too much food. You're clearly not my 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 person. And so and, and Aileen's like, yeah, imagine if there was seamless dating. There's a an uh, delivery app named Seamless. It's actually a very cute name, very clever. Nice job, Aileen. Um and so but you know, I, I do think that you know, when you have a partner who it's it's good to have a partner that can complement your eating style. Like, I think that I mean Chad and I have a okay, I mean, he's definitely not into the dining experiences like I am. Like he's more of like a a pub guy. Let's, let's go to the pub. So for my birthday weekend, I'm going to, he's going to see how I like to eat because we are going to be around my family and we're going to do the whole bougie dining experience. And when we go up to Quebec, like I'm going to have some serious dining experiences. It's my birthday, but you know, I, I'm not the type that needs to do that all the time. And I swear, like, you know, like sometimes we're just off. I think it's nice when partners can support each other. Like, okay, we're going to go on this healthy kick or we're going to eat whole foods this week or, but Chad eats so wildly different than I do. Like he's, he hates vegetables. Like I love vegetables and I can, I can eat heavily vegetarian, whereas he will not do that. I mean, it's, he says it's because he can't have that much fiber, um, because of his you know his stomach issues with you know because he's a cancer survivor and I don't know, I, don't know. <laughs> I I mean I definitely understand that he has some fi- you know too much fiber is not good for his system but I've seen his stomach react just as bad to process shit as I have to vegetables so I don't think that that's a good excuse but I do think it's hard like say you're somebody that is trying to lose weight and be structured and you have a partner that's like bringing pizza in every night and someone that doesn't have to worry at all about their weight. Like that's really tough. I mean, I had weight loss clients that would have to deal with that. At least, you know, Chad and I are on the same page. We both want to, you know, be, you know, eat a, eat a little healthier before a vacation because we know we're going to like heavily indulge while we're away. So he ordered a bunch of protein. He's going to be doing high protein, low carb supposedly this week. Um, I'm going to support him every way I can. I got all the ice cream out of the house yesterday by eating it all. Um, you're welcome. And so, uh, yeah, so, okay. So we're going to try this healthy kick together this week and hopefully we can stay on the same track together this week. A lot of times we're both like one of us is off. Um, but I do think, you know, I think maybe there should be, well, I think that comes out in dating, right? It's not like there needs to be like a little icon on the app. Like, how do you eat? Do you like to, obviously that would be too much, but I do think that, you know, some of that talk can come out in, in dating, you know, as you converse with people and, um, like some of these people that write in that listen to this podcast, that's all about dieting or diet starts tomorrow you know, not dieting, you know, the anti-diet culture, um, you know, they'll talk about how they, um, you know, they are judged by their partner or they're trying to, you know, lose weight and their partner is sabotaging them. Or how, you know, different different things come up around this specific topic. And, and, you know, like some write in and they have an eating disorder. And they're like, when's the right time to tell this guy that I'm dating that I have an eating disorder or that I've recovered from an eating disorder? And I think you get to that like when, you know, not in the first date, right? Like it's when somebody has earned your trust and you can have an open dialogue with them. Um, so anyway, so... In this Diet Starts Tomorrow podcast, they then get to non-scale wins. So these are these are success stories that they like to share from their week that don't necessarily have to do with losing weight per se. They can be health-related, but not specifically about losing weight. So Jared start talking about how, you know, he, he kind of brings up the fact that he's traveling all the time. It's really difficult to eat healthy when he's traveling. And he, you know, he's talked on this podcast, some of the old podcasts are about, you know, how he stays focused and on track when he's, you know, going to this Delta Sky Lounge and has all this free food to eat and, and how he doesn't just pig out and, and how he stays structured during that. And, you know, the joke is that, you know, calories don't count at the airport and, and Jared, because he's a comedian, because he's flying everywhere, he has to literally deal with this decision twice a week. And I mean, I know when I travel, I, I, it's hard for me to be structured and healthy. I want to comfort myself with food. So he starts talking about how he had a very, you know, rough health weekend. Um, and, and he's like, Oh, God, it sounds like you got like, bad test results. He's like, well, he's like, you know, He's like, I had this day where I had like 3,000 calories at this Delta Sky Lounge. So for me, it feels, you know, it's one of those days where I just felt completely off. And he's like, you know, I, normally he would go into that situation where he's going into the Delta Sky Lounge. He goes in with a plan. Like his. he works with a dietitian, and she's given him this, like you can have like three egg whites and a banana. And that when he's really focused on being healthy he, he does that and he sticks to it and it helps him stay in control during these situations. But this time he was hungover. He's like, and I was just not in a mood to like watch my caloric intake. I really wanted to like go for it. And so he's like, I had, they had these like egg omelet type things that were pre-made. And he said he got one with cheese and one without because he was being healthy. (laughs) And he's like, it was looks like it was made in like a Fisher Price oven. Like it looked plasticky and gross, but he had two. And then he had they had these like fried potatoes that had like the onions and the peppers. And so he had two bowls of that. And then he had a mini bagel with some something on it. And so And she's like, oh, okay, so it was like a breakfast uh, buffet type of thing. He's like, yes, but he's like, I happen to be at this lounge during what we call the golden hour. And that's when they're switching between breakfast and lunch. So it's around 11 a.m. and they're supposed to now bring out the, the lunch. And so he's like, I ate this breakfast. It was, you know, obviously I'm not hungry anymore. He goes, but he's like, I really wanted to like, be able to stay there and see what the lunch was and eat some of the lunch too. So he's like, you know, he hears them calling for his flight online. And he's like, when are they going to bring out this lunch? And like 15 minutes pass and they finally end up switching it over. Meanwhile, he's like standing there with his bowl, like Oliver Twist, being like, man, it's small and just like making fun of himself because he's in this like ravenous, like I can't get enough food inside me phase. And he's like, I just want this lunch, whatever it's going to be. And so they had a bunch of these like deli salads, like chicken salad and egg salad and a taco buffet. And so he's like, I ignore the taco buffet. That could have caused problems on the flight. He goes, I grabbed this huge piece of bread. It's basically a loaf of bread. He's like, I got two scoops of the chicken salad and felt like, okay, I really got my money's worth here. I mean, he, you don't pay for it. It's because I think you have, like, a certain amount of miles or a certain, like, level on your Delta Sky card. Um, and But he was, like, super happy that he got to take advantage of two meals. And so so Aileen is like, uh, is that the non-scale win? She's like, you saved money and got to eat a lot? And he's like, well, no. He's like, I didn't save money. He's like, I, you know, same price regardless. He goes, but... He's like, you know, I got home, I ordered Chinese food. He goes, I had a terrible Chinese meal. He goes, it was this like bad spice chicken, like too, way, way, way too much spice. He's like, it was this dry rub and it was like more spice than chicken. So he's like, you know, I woke up Monday and just was like unwell. He's like, I just didn't feel good. And he's like, you know, that could have progressed. Like that could have snowballed into another bad day where I just keep eating shit, you know, and and have another 3000 calorie day. He goes, but he woke up, he so he's like slowly got himself back on track. He had the egg whites. Um, you know, he didn't in, even eat a bar like he usually has these like healthy protein bars that he's allowed to eat because he was still feeling kind of full from the Delta Sky Club. And he just, you know, he had time to kill before his bachelor show comes on that he reviews. And he's like, it was beautiful out. So he's like, I started getting ready to go get a workout in. He goes, and then he goes, it started raining he goes i was gonna work out outside he's like this is god telling me i shouldn't work out he goes but he went out anyway and he ended up do- doing like a 45 minute body weight workout that his trainer had given him and he's like in and, and and actually by the time i ended up actually getting outside he goes the rain went away it was a beautiful day and so he that was the win that he felt so good for getting it in. He's like there was spring in the air. He's like even after that forty-five minute workout, I did some sprints. He's like so. Just the fact that the workout like wasn't going to happen, I kind of had this excuse I could have used where, oh, it's raining. I, I like I actually should probably just stay in. It could be dangerous. I could slip. <laughs> like, whatever. Like a lot of times, like your your head will make up excuses for yourself, but instead he stuck to his guns. He got the workout in. And so it wasn't like an, uh, you know, he, so aliens, like, you know, it, it wasn't like an all or nothing day, like, sh- you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater just because you had one bad day, and you were able to, like, get back on track the next day and recover. You know, I think that's really where the, you know, for people that have disordered eating habits, like Jared does, where he could, you know, continue the binge, you know, some people when they start to go off track, the whole week is done, you know, they'll throw the whole week ago and say, oh, I'll start over next Monday or something. And so, you know, the whole diet starts tomorrow, the name of it is like, oh, let me just ruin the rest of the day or eat whatever the hell I want and start over tomorrow. And that also can lead to, you know, bad habits where you just never ever get back on track. Um, I used to be like that. That's actually one of the wins that I've created in my my own life is just I, I I do now have so many habits that even when I'm feeling just like I need to just eat whatever the hell I want to and eat indulgently, even if it's multiple days, I still will work out. I still will most likely have this like healthy protein shake I have in there and maybe be indulgent the second half of the day. So you know not being just completely all or nothing is absolutely a huge win and i think that's one that the majority of people have to get with that that you know you can have a bad moment and the next you know day or the next you know couple set of hours can be much better you can turn it all around with like one workout and start to feel mentally better and it is amazing like your mental state and and you know, how that can affect you. And so, so Jared's like, yeah, you know, I, I ate what I wanted to eat. And then instead, of, instead of having those two bad days in a row, you know, I got back on track, I had my egg whites. And Aileen's like, that's a great perspective, you know, just eating what you want to eat, because you know that your body just needs it that day. Like, sometimes when you're traveling, you do need that comfort, right? And, and Jared's like, yeah, he's like, And, and the mental win is like the biggest win of all. And that's it, right? The mental game in life in general is just like, you're in control of your own state of happiness. You're in control of, you know, how you perceive yourself, right? Like you can make changes in your life at any moment. And I, and I'm a huge believer in that. And I think these little things that we can do throughout our day can lead to big wins overall, So then Aileen gets into her, her non-scale win and she had seen the weather also. She's like, it was really nice. And she realized that she hadn't run outside for a really long time. So she ended up going on a 40 minute run and she hadn't, so Aileen just had a baby. And so, you know, obviously she wasn't going to do like intense running while she's pregnant. And she's like, oh, she's like, but you know. She's like, I, I, I saw how beautiful it was. And I just intuitively wanted to move my body, wanted to go for a run. She's like, and she's like, I did it. She's like, who am I? She's like, I just, you know, she's, she just really loved that she intuitively wanted to do it and went out and did it and didn't think to to overthink it. She's like, I stretched today. She's like, I felt like I could join the Olympics after that. She's like, it's just a really, really good feeling. And Jared's like, it's awesome. She's like, you know, I'm sure the weather helped. And um, you know it does. It makes a big difference on our emotions. Working out in general, weather, all of it. And then they get into an emailer. So then they have somebody, one of their listeners, that emailed in one of their non-scale wins. And so this is a this is a woman who was talking about how the Instagram algorithm was doing her dirty recently. And it was kind of messing with her and sending her posts that were more about losing weight and losing fat and building muscle and boosting your metabolism. And it ended up kind of messing with her head. She would find that she would get sucked into clicking on these things and somehow got back into this scarcity mindset without even knowing it and not even realizing it and she started mindlessly grabbing food because she subconsciously felt like she was going to start restricting again so once she finally realized that she was doing this she ended up going to the store and bought like half a dozen bagels just to prove to herself that you know, she didn't have to live in this scarcity mindset and she could have a bagel whenever she wanted to, and she's allowed to have them. And she was just grateful that, that this podcast, Diet Start Tomorrow, it helped her be aware of her emotions around food and that, you know, these posts on Instagram are not harmless, you know, that sometimes you need to try to control what you're clicking on and looking at because it's not good for your mental health. And so she's, you know, she's learned these skill sets by listening to this podcast and... And I think that that really is true. I know one of the things that I realized that I was doing with myself was doing a lot of comparison with people online that just, you know, it's it's never going to serve me well. You know, and I think the whole like, you know, diet culture in general and body positivity, it's like comparison is the thief of joy is a saying for a reason. You know, if you're comparing yourself to, you know, supermodels like Gigi Hadid, guess what, like, she genetically is blessed, and her body does not look like a a typical human body. And so, you know, being mindful, if looking at content like that, and even, you know, some of these fitness trainers, and, you know, there's this girl I follow that is, you know, she's a Pilates instructor, it's, I will never want to work out that much to get her body and that's okay. Like I'm, I, you know, not comparing myself though is, is, is key. And I think that people really get into poor mental states by doing this. And so this, this listener was just like very aware that she just subconsciously slipped into this weird mental state of restricting when she was looking at these pages. And I think it's very, it's good when you start recognizing Things that you need to change. Like, I know I started noticing, you know, when I talk poorly to myself. And that's been a huge game changer for me, like giving myself grace, not beating myself up internally, talking kindly to myself. Those things really, really make a massive impact. Um, and so, Aileen started talking about this email. She's like, Yeah, she's like, you know, sometimes you can't help but click on Instagram pictures, but then you do have to deal with the repercussions and and Jared's like yeah he's like Jared agrees he's like there's some pages that are basically food porn they're like food kink and they're not for everyday consumption he's like what really messes with me is when like gorgeous people like he has this guy that's like this gorgeous guy on tiktok and they're they're like six pack abs that are posting about eating this very very indulgent food, and they're posting it as if they eat it every day. And he's like, that really messes with regular people that that are that start thinking like, oh, I should be able to look like that and eat like this every single day. But it's it's very comparable to food porn, right? Like people get into trouble by and and messed up with like what normal humans look like, what what women are supposed to, you know, be like from watching too much porn. It creates this very false sense of image and sense of what the world should be. And Jared's making the comparison to food porn, which I think is an interesting comparison. Um, and so, so he's like, you know, stuff like that is better in small doses. You know, some people who will get addicted to that. I mean, I know... I do follow some food pages. I mean, my own sister, some of the posts that she makes are, I start, cra- I get really bad craving. So I have to watch myself, like what I do, because I will start to crave things. Um, <clears throat> and Aileen talked about how she totally understands that impetus to want to click. Um, but, you know, it's some, some things just kind of suck you in. And a lot of these food accounts make the average person think, oh, if I eat like this, I will be like this person or I will look like this person. And you have to just be really conscious about what triggers you because you don't want to make decisions based on that for your own life when it's just not reality at all. And so, and then there's this other emailer that wrote in, this is like, you know, a dear DST that they do. And so this is a woman that had been working with a therapist and a nutritionist to, you know, work on issues that she had with food. And, and also working out too much. Uh, so, you know, there's that, that food, that order disorder where you basically work out way, way, way too much to try to burn off the calories that you eat. And it sounds like it's very tied into disordered eating, <clears throat> excuse me. And then, so this writer says, she, you know, she still has occasional anxiety, but she's really working on, you know, getting better. And she has this friend who has always been so great and so supportive And But lately, she's recognized that this friend who used to, you know, this friend that she felt like she could trust has started to make comments on other people's weight and, you know, praising people for being thinned and toned and talking about how other people have gained weight. And it's really centered around her wedding. So apparently this friend that used to be supportive is also getting married. And so and but talking about other people. And so she's like, I don't understand why this is happening. You know, she's never been, she's never had weight issues herself. She's always been someone that's eaten whatever she wants. And now she's feeling very self-conscious around, around about herself and feeling, you know, she's talking about other people, which is making me feel like she's secretly judging me. And she's like, so, so what do I do? She's like, do I talk to her about this? Do I tell her that? Hey, you know, I used to really trust you and I used to be able to talk to you and and now you're you seem to be obsessed with dieting and weight loss and you're making these comments about other people's and I do understand you're in wedding mode, but you know, I'm I'm kind of taking it as if you've changed and that you might be judging me like this. And so this writer just wants to know like should I even bring this up to her? You know, do I say something? You know, I'm really worried that she's not rejecting diet culture like she used to. And so, and and Aileen's like, look, her response to this was, look, she's in a wedding zone. She's become obsessed. And I believe that it's not about you. It's, this is about her. She's not saying these things to judge you. She's just in this wedding, caught up in like what society thinks she should look like. And maybe she does want to look her best on her wedding day. And that's okay that she wants to think like that. Um, and Jared's like, yeah, he's like, people do get like this around wedding time. And, you know, he's like, I'm a dude. And I, I even get like, people get a lot of women get like this around wedding time, people in general, even men. He's like, your priorities do get out of whack. He's like, you know, people should be thinking about their sick grandmother that has COVID, but they're like, what about the flowers, you know? And, and you're, you know, just weddings do tend to make people, get a little crazy, especially about wanting to look your best, wanting to lose weight. And and so, you know, he looks at it as two issues. He's like, I I see this as two issues that your friend is talking about other people. And your friend, and number two, your friend is not rejecting diet culture. And so he's like, I think she just needs to relax and and you know he's like, I think she needs to relax and let Like if her friend wants to diet and wants to lose weight for her wedding, he needs to let her, she needs to let her do that. She can't project her own insecurities on her friend and make her feel bad about wanting to look her best for her wedding. Now, what she could do is if the friend starts commenting on other people's bodies, she can make a comment about that and say, look, I don't like this conversation. I I just, this isn't for me. I just want to walk away from this conversation. And I actually thought that was excellent advice. Um, you know, you need to let, you, you, you do need to let people do their own thing when it comes to their own wedding. And, and we all tend to think about ourselves and think that other people are talking about us when they're actually not. And, and so, you know, what one of the things that I learned that really helped my mental health was, you know, a, a lot of people, I think just in general, not just about weight loss, but I think like I used to be scared that people were talking shit about me at work, like, and just thinking I was a bitch and I was this or that and, and just spreading rumors that weren't true. And I I can't remember what self-help book taught me this, but some, some book I read said, you know, a lot of us are completely wrong about what other people think about us. Um, Most people are thinking about themselves, but you also could, this person that you're thinking t- is talking bad about you could be talking and saying the exact opposite. Like, instead of thinking, oh, she's a bitch, they could be thinking, wow, that's the nicest person I've ever met in my life. And you have literally just as much chance as being wrong as being right. So you might as well think, oh, that person thinks I'm great. That person thinks I'm amazing. And so every time I think, oh, that, and I start to think negatively, i I flip it in my head and think, oh, they actually could think really positively about me and I'm making myself feel this way. Because a lot of times we create these bad emotions internally, ourselves, through this messed up lens we're seeing the world. And it's really, truly not reality. And so that, that honestly has helped me a lot, trying not to take things personally, one of the four agreements that's, that's really big, right? Like it's not about you. It's a lot of people are thinking about themselves and sometimes projecting that, but it's not about you. And that has been a gift <laughs> that I learned that. Um, so anyway, uh, <clears throat> and, and Jared is basically be like, you know, he's like, yeah, don't talk like Jared is coming from a place where he would be able to tell his friend, like, look, I don't like this conversation. Um, I don't like talking about other people. I'm going to walk away. Aileen's like, I wish it was that easy to like step away from a conversation. It's a little bit harder for girls to be that direct. Um, but, you know, when you do talk about these things on a regular basis and you you work on setting boundaries It is, people actually do respect you for setting boundaries. Some people can take things personally sometimes, but overall, what I've realized is that if you set boundaries and you're a good person in the boundaries that you set and your intentions are good, people will recognize that and they will respect you for it. And if they don't, they don't deserve you. They don't deserve to be around you. So... Anyway, so that's the review of, of Diet Starts Tomorrow. It's from Betches Media. I highly recommend it. Uh, they do have an Instagram page that I follow and they, they post all kinds of funny content on there. So uh, give them a follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram. Follow me on Instagram at the Diet Obsessed Podcast. Uh, DM me if you have any topics you'd like to discuss. Um, if you have any thoughts on anything we discuss, if you want to share your restaurant pet peeves please reach out Um, and let's see, I'm going to be doing more reviews. I'm hoping that they uh, bring up that other diet starts tomorrow that I wanted to review with Alicia, Alicia McCarvel. Um, She sounds like she has a very interesting story. Um, And then I have more Jenny Hutt reviews coming up and all kinds of good content. So thank you for listening And until we meet again, I hope all of you have a very balanced week.